None of the content on this or any episode of the Kratom Science Podcast, Kratom Science Journal Club, or on any page of KratomScience.com is intended, nor should it be considered medical claims or medical advice. This is the Kratom Science Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Gallagher, blog and social media writer for KratomScience.com, your source for all things Kratom. My guests are Adam Peak and Lee Ann Pearson, co-owners of Bella Sunrise Smoke Shop in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. They've recently been testifying before the Louisiana House, Senate, and in parish council meetings to fight against the prohibition of Kratom. Going to the Capitol and stuff must be <laughs> must wear you out, especially since you don't know exactly when they're going to be talking about the bill. So you just got to sit there for a while, I guess. Oh, and it's not just that, but we also have a couple of other pending bills or pending legislation that impacts my business regarding vaping products and um, the hemp industry. There, there's a at least I think five to seven bills that actively target my shop. Uh, Kratom, of course, having two bills actively against it, but it's just kind of a free-for-all. You can't be at every meet. You can't be at every meeting at once, you know? I don't know what those other bills are, so what are they, actually? So one of them uh, aims to gut the hemp industry. Um, I don't have the list in front of me, but I want to say it was like HB 635. Was it um, either which way? It would have aimed to gut the entire hemp industry in Louisiana, all the new local businesses that have grown in the past year or so with the regulations that allow us to sell certain THC products as long as it's below the uh, state average of 0.5%, you know, or 0.3% is what it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it was Senator Kathy wanted to get it brought down to zero milligrams. But since then, I think he's changed his mind. Like I told you, it's all over the place with all of these bills. And it's almost impossible to keep up with everyone's opinion on them when it comes to our legislators. Uh, Yeah, because sometimes they change. back and forth and back again like sb94 it was a ban bill then he said well i'm willing to reconsider a ban and then he put it through again as a ban bill and then he came over to the house and said well i don't want it to be banned now again (laughs) he was kind of sheepish for a minute there what do you think um got him to change his mind Klein Peter. First off, I, I I do want to say that I don't think that job is an easy one. You know, yeah. for one, if you genuinely didn't have an understanding of what something like Kratom is, I can only sympathize if your moral compass is pointing north and you have a genuine concern for your constituents. Somebody drops rhetoric, rhetoric like gas station heroin. Obviously, you're going to jump into action. But uh, from what I've been able to see, and I'm prepared to be wrong as always, but uh, I genuinely think that Klein Peter seems to want seems to be on our side and the end of this being that he stopped his ban bill. But at the same time, I hear talk about how there's going to be parish by parish regulation and more or less like the sheriffs are going to be taken over on this now. And 
I just kind of need, I need these officials to start giving me more um, affirmation as to what's going on as, a, as opposed to all this third party nonsense I'm getting. There was that HB, it was 655, but that didn't go through. That was the KCPA bill. I, I think the sessions are over now as of yesterday. Is that, is that true? Do you um, know? I've heard that as well, but I was not, um, uh, on the sadder end of things, not to depress anyone's day, but yesterday one of our pets had to, it was the last day, and he gave us a long nine, ten years of wonderful, uh, that wonderful sucks. joy. But that that is ultimately kind of taken over a lot of our focus, and since like the past two days, we have been really off the ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I think, I mean, I think sessions are over, but SB 94 is on the governor's desk, but it's just an age restriction bill, I believe now. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is totally, yes, totally is. acceptable. Yeah. I mean... It's no longer a ban bill. They like re- they added an amendment to where it's not really a ban. I think what made Klein Peter change his mind is because a lot of people came after him online, uh, emailing him on his social media and just were did. telling telling him what's what, basically. <laughs> I mean, like it's because we're all paying attention and we saw you uh, look at Paul yeah. and say, I'm also a veteran and... Uh, Okay, I'll consider not banning it. Sometimes every once in a while you can find a connection. Like in Livingston, there was a connection between like the sheriff and the, the, the rehab facility and yeah, things like that. Yeah. With Klein Peter, I couldn't find anything. Like I don't even think he was getting pharma gives like everybody money, but yeah. I don't even think they were giving him any money. I don't. He, I don't think he's a corrupt guy. I think that's he just thought that's that was the right thing to do. And thank God knows who's pressuring him. He said that he got some bad information, and I could be wrong, but I think that maybe I heard somewhere that his wife is in the medical field. I don't know. Oh, okay. And then the other ban bill, the House, that seems to have been tabled, like, back in May. The sessions are over now, so that's not going to go anywhere, so that one's dead. What they really needed was a KCPA, so the parishes aren't going to run wild now. Has anything happened in, um, is it Baton Rouge Parish? Is that the name of the parish? My, my shop is located in East Baton Rouge. Um, okay. To the effects of that council, I haven't noticed any changes or motions yet. Honestly, it's a, a more of the rural parishes that'll be seeing a lot more of that. Um, small townish, uh, all the everyone goes to the same church kind of thing. For years that I've worked at Bella, I've always had issues with people who sell little black bags of God knows what labeled as kratom. That's that at the end of the day is going to be the main objective, I think, in any kind of regulation. It, it does need to be similar in regulation to alcohol. You know, there, there can't be, you got to have a manufacturer's address to address liability concerns. Mm-hmm. Should there be something wrong with a product that goes out? Uh, accountability is just the biggest part of any product that's mass produced and intended for consumption or an inhalation, you know. I just want to talk about this shop. It's called Bella Sunrise, and it's in East Baton Rouge. Yeah, Bella Sunrise Smoke Shop, right down Jones Creek. We've been uh, been uh, around since two thousand and nine. The old owners were angels, and due to um, a litany of issues they were having, just from medical issues, I'm not going to air their laundry out. But long story short, they didn't want to sell Bella short of me working every day. 
the only other option was to either shut it down or give me the chance to pay it off at around $1,000 a week based off of whatever Bella could generate. And then COVID hit after about six months of being in business. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That was great. As much as I love them, there was a part of me that was like, did you guys see this coming? Like, what, what, what was going on? <laughs> And Leanne, do you do you work there or do you co-own it? Technically, I co-own it. Uh, yeah. I don't usually work there, but I do. I do go in every now and again, and you know, talk to customers, do all that yeah. kind of stuff. And we've okay. been together for I think twelve years, and we've been married for like two now. Oh yeah, yeah. she she's the one that's really running shit. I just do the math. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> He knows it all. Uh, what kind of s products do you sell besides Kratom? Our biggest selling product, aside from Kratom, would be our glass selection. Um, definitely something I'm willing to brag about and I'm confident in saying. I might not have the biggest glass inventory in the state, but I definitely have the biggest glass selection. I, I don't think any other shop has a wider selection of glass artists from around the country and, and the world. There's a couple of couple of artists i speak to outside the country but yeah glass is our big um forte aside from that it's your typical smoke shop stuff disposable vapes uh which again i don't know how much longer that's going to be the case they're trying to ban all flavored vaping juices oh my god but well to be to be fair i've heard one or two arguments that i actually kind of agree with but you know, disposables being landfill hell. And uh, if we are talking the argument of kids, at least with a cigarette, you know, you need a lighter. Yeah, but disposables all all together, ready to go, kind of a thing. They make flavored tobacco, and no one's coming yeah. after that, though. So, like, it's weird. To no, the, the flavor thing, I think, is stupid. Adults like flavored stuff yes. too. That, yeah. is, that this is just a security theater, make them look like they're doing their job thing. And who doesn't like gummy bears? Come on, everybody does. Oh, I don't care how hard or manly you're trying to act. Come on, <laughs> like, you're never gonna convince me that a blue raspberry vape it will always taste better than is hitting a, just fake a cigarette or fake tobacco yeah. not a good taste <laughs> yeah, that's just me you know can't everybody has different tastes do you sell the kratom powder and do you do you have it in like big boxes or do you just sell it in bags oh right now we only sell it in bags and uh, one brand sells it in bottles for the capsules um whole herbs but the uh the highest amount we sell at the moment is a I think it was a, tw a 20 a ounce yeah, bag yet yeah, 20 ounces are the, is the largest amount of powder we sell at a time. Anything liquid is no bigger than like a one milliliter shot. Yeah. Yeah. Or I think it's like a little ounce maybe. Yeah. And we, we also of course sell caffeine based supplements as well. You know, you got the five hour energies, blah, blah, blah. But when it's strictly when it comes to Kratom, yeah. Back to the whole, we don't sell anything without the appropriate labeling concept. Right. And we go off the AKA of course, to make sure that they're, you know, registered with them. And you mentioned, I was listening to your testimonies earlier today and you mentioned that you put a lot the pro products through scrutinies and you have like testing kits is that what kind of kits do you have oh they're very cheap generic ones you can buy on amazon they're just uh in fact i, I gotta see if i have an extra bottle laying around somewhere but there you you can just google fentanyl drug caffeine i buy them individually now i don't like the multi-panel ones uh you know i i do like to go individually down the separate 
adulterated products that'll on average be added to Kratom that I've found, most of which 90% of the time, if I get a, a new brand that always weirds me out, it's almost 90% of the time boosted with caffeine extract or phenobit or um, lately I've seen a couple with tianeptine. But thankfully, the, the the fentanyl testing strip. Thankfully, that one hasn't um, That's never popped positive on anything I've received yet. But I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna be safe. <laughs> what would you have to do if it did? Would you have to like call the police and be like? Well, most of these brands are out of the state, and or like yeah. I said, unlabeled to begin with. Uh, they'll send me samples, and I I will test them just so I can maybe go on a Reddit thread and warn people, but. Would the FDA be able to do anything about that, you think, if I called them up? <laughs> uh, I don't think they would do anything. <laughs> they don't seem to have enough resources to do anything other than try to get the U.S. Marshals to seize big shipments at the border. And then and then that um, Botanic Tonics company, company that's being sued, they just, like, seized their entire product. Because I think they were selling drinks as just kava that had Kratom in them. Allegedly. And there's a guy I've that's heard about that. Yeah, there's a guy that's suing them. I mean, he got addicted to it. I mean, he was a former like alcoholic and OED. Even kava alone, he could have got addicted to by itself. But there was there was kratom in the product that the company wasn't advertising at the time. Allegedly, which is not right. Um, yeah, that, that transparency is really important. So I think that's the last the FDA decided, well, okay, the company's big enough. We're going to go after them because they, they, they just don't have enforcement resources like the U.S. Marshals carry out their enforcement. So it's so it's like one of those things where they have this whole big dietary supplements industry to watch over and they just don't have the capacity to enforce every little company. So you did. You said you find Fenibut and Tianeptine and caffeine. And are, are the are these any companies that that we know of that are that are common anywhere i mean i assume all the ones on the aka list are are pretty on the up and up oh absolutely oh yeah they're on top of it and um this of course is said with um the exception of i haven't found one of these in over like five to six years now but quite a while back um opms is a very very popular brand and um I had been told by a couple of my old uh, sales reps that uh, there there had been a very large infusion of product of counterfeit product that were using the OPMS labels from yeah. like last year. And so long story short, they were going on eBay or something, buying the plastic labels for cents to the like pennies to the dollar, and just filling it with whatever they want. And um, I did find some batches of OPMS capsules from third-party wholesalers, which that ended that. Now, if I can't get it from the manufacturer, I don't. I just wait. You know, people are going to have to just wait till I'm out of or restocked, because going through anyone third-party, you never know what their stuff is cut with. They could have half legit supply and then half counterfeit that they sell you at regular cost, and you wouldn't ever know the difference. Oh, and then that's the other thing. A big warning to people if they haven't noticed it before, but Kratom doesn't typically glitter. So if you ever buy powder and you notice it sparkle back from the bag, <laughs> that's probably, um, on average, I've noticed that to be either phenobit or caffeine. Wow. But um, to the topic of tianeptine, we, I think we talked about this last time as well. 
there's a big problem with those products. Uh, Zaza and Tiana, if you haven't heard of it or researched it, those are flooding the gas stations. Uh, I've been told by many, many separate wholesalers, both um, local and out of state, that it's completely legal, it's safe to sell, you'll make easy money with it. It's Technically, it's an outdated uh, antidepressant, like... Synthetic antidepressant at that, and it's... uh, It's very addictive. (laughs) It's something that um, if you would claim to have a moral compass and you owned a storefront, I don't think you'd be selling, just my opinion. Kratom kind of gets lumped in with all that, and a couple years ago it was bath salts and whatnot. The gas station heroin, that's literally what people call TNFTN, and when people call Kratom that, it just kind of boils my blood. I'm like, it's not even close to that. Like, no. Yeah. (laughs) Been a habit of mine, too, that um, I like to keep bringing it up in every meeting I attend, that I'm I'm always under the influence of it when I go to those meetings. On average, I don't really use Kratom more than two to three times a month, if that. Or a year. They've really got me up, like, upping my take on a daily basis, and I'm still fine, so. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. I, I just um, I, I wouldn't know what to tell them at this point. Uh, if if the live evidence isn't enough to show them that you're not going to hallucinate on cra- at least at the five to six grams I took between every meeting, yeah, I just don't see how someone could see at this say at this point that it's hallucinogenic. Right, and I take more. I take like more than I probably should. I mean, ten grams seems like a lot to me, but. <laughs> I, I never have had any hallucination issues. Just because it's a psychoactive plant doesn't mean that you're going to hallucinate on it. And I think that's kind of where people get confused. Yeah, the, they, oh, the word psychoactive is, I think, confuses people because psycho- coffee psychoactive. It changes Cigarettes your brain. Psychoactive. People are just really trigger sensitive to certain words. <laughs> I could make water sound bad. I mean, dihydrogen monoxide sounds bad for you, but yeah. it's literally just H2O. Yeah, what was I think it was like Rochester, New York or something. They're, they put a sign on the water fountain that says it contains dihydrogen monoxide. Please don't swim. Yeah. <laughs> can't remember what state it was in someone got one of their local senators to admit to, to ban apples because uh they they talked about the chemical makeup of you know this is a substance that's comprised of here's a list of terrible sounding chemicals and at the end of it yeah you just agreed to banning apples <laughs> <laughs> it has arsenic in it it's, there's like a trace amount of arsenic that's the thing with the alkaloids too there's such traces amount of seven hydroxy which is supposed to be 13 right. times stronger than morphine according to mm-hmm. like one mouse study even even i was checking a, a liquid extract shock I, I bought the other day for my friend who's in severe pain and yeah she broke her u- humerus um oh. upper arm bone split it in half so her arm she just got surgery she got like a plate with like 13 bolts or something uh but they she couldn't have surgery for 9 days and since she had a form, former OED they gave they finally gave in to giving her pain medication and they gave her six pills whatever it was percocet whatever all right i'm going to bring you the strong shit but just take a sip of this and see if it and then she messaged me oh my god i'm in no pain i'm gonna get up and make dinner so i'm glad those strong things are available and even that and only and on the label they only claimed 
0.005% of alkaloids of uh, 7-hydroxy. With those, they're, they're like 45% my tragedy. So that alone... Anything past their argument of lethality or the quality of addiction, etc., uh, the only standing leg argument that I've heard most times now is about the children. And, and I've never I, heard of a kid trying to take Kratom. It's so nasty tasting. Yeah, I just, I can't tell you in the 10 to 11 years I've been working at this smoke shop, every time a child would wander in and look at the glass wall or the vape wall before getting kicked out, <laughs> I've never had a kid ask me about buying Kratom. It, that's that just yeah. doesn't exist. You know, how many, how many party songs these days you hearing about Kratom, you know, like if, if this was a dangerous substance to our kids, I'm, I'm sure we would have found it on the playground by now. Some articles. I don't know. If a kid did take Kratom, like say you're a parent and you have children and they somehow got into your Kratom capsules or something there, that's not going to kill them. Thank goodness. But also I think that that's, you know, that's on the parent to, you know, handle. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm... it's not on us. <laughs> Kids get a hold of all sorts of stuff nowadays. It's crazy. There was a case where a it was in in the news. A teenager tries to kill herself by taking her dad's kratom capsules, and she took. Oh my god. She took like twenty five capsules, which is what like ten grams if they're little, big, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she got, and it might've been in like 40, which is 20 and she got sick and they said she was kind of having, she probably got the eye wobbles, it seemed like it. And she was just nauseated and they went to the ER and everything. I mean, it was, I'm sure they were scared, you know, and it's like, I'm lucky uh, she didn't open the liquor cabinet and down a whole bottle of whiskey. She, she would have been much more successful. Is it mainly like the cost that I, cause I know you do the scrutiny, you do the test kits. And is it just mainly the cost that the retailer tailors don't feel like they have to do that? Or is it just they don't care or they don't know? I would say for a small business in a single location, it's really not expensive for me to do that because uh, I, 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 only, I only test new brands. And if a customer has any issues with any batch they feel that was just irregular to their normal experience, then I ask them if they can bring the bag back to me or if they can uh, tell me a batch number, anything from what the, uh, the prior packaging or hell, I'll even look at the date of purchase if they have it on the receipt. And um, I'll go back on the cameras to see if I can find when that batch was stocked. Mm-hmm. But once it's uh, tested, if anything pops up, which thankfully my manufacturers haven't let me down yet, um, I only, I only ever have issues with all these random new vaguely printed bags look like they just, uh, had an AI generated logo and everything pop in. It, it really show themselves apart. I can say that like, and the be- the best indicator is always the fact that there's no manufacturer's address labeled. Right. Or a distributor or anything like all of the bags we sell have testing and they have a distributor phone number and address all that and there was one brand i think it was called kong kratom k-o-n-g all it said that's all it said had a big gorilla on the front of the label uh they use gel caps instead of veggie capsules so you can't see into them and yeah the whole thing was just a flat black bag and that label on the front that just said kong kratom I think that other business owners in our area probably 
we just don't care enough to like you know because honestly there's no regulations on it so they don't have to do anything yeah i'm surprised like you're like the only you guys and paul and maybe a couple others were the only people who showed up who were who sell Kratom. I'm surprised, you know, everybody that owns a smoke shop that makes money on Kratom wouldn't show up. But you mentioned, Adam, that if Kratom was banned, it probably wouldn't, you know, you could still survive as a business. You were mentioned that to the legislators. Is that is that true, or is it, is it like a big part of your income at the store? It would it would definitely hurt. Uh, yeah. if anyone with multiple locations, they're definitely going to suffer. But me, there are, uh, alternatives to segue into that still aren't deadly. Um, my biggest push though, I would be heavily involved in the hemp products if that they didn't take that from me as well. But, uh, yeah, I would, I would basically convert the entirety of that wall to, uh, more hemp products or excess glass, it's just space that would have been just reused, you know, but just from a personal standpoint and how long I've taken it, um, I, I still stand by what I said about I'm willing to operate with the government. I, I, I I follow a bunch of foolish rules every day and, uh, to the effect of I sell water pipes, you know, not bongs. They're for tobacco use only. Yeah. Uh, you can go to, go to a dispensary in Louisiana. They'll sell you a bong just fine. Uh, come in my shop with a medical card. I still have to kick you out. Um, if just to show you a little bit of other interesting ways, our state works as I've been corrected many times, our doctors do not prescribe marijuana. They recommend it because that's the only way we can keep it a schedule one substance in the state of Louisiana. Legally, you're not allowed to prescribe schedule one substances. So recommendations are just fine though, is there's not a specific list of words you can and can't say. Um, the actual law that dictates the whole bong water pipe thing for tobacco use only, uh, the law itself says that I am not allowed to sell anything that elicits to an illegal substance. I can't sell you a meth pipe, but I can sell you a rose pipe, which I refuse to sell. But um, yeah, that's just the kind of the ambiguous wording and regulation that uh, our state abides by. And it, all it does is for people like me who, if I'm going to pat myself on the back and say, I authentically care and I'm trying to give the best quality to anyone who comes into my store you're just putting more against me because anyone who's not following your rules, these aren't regulations that, that force people to follow the rules. Everyone, this is just giving them a bigger window and a bigger advantage against me. People can't make medical claims and sell Kratom. If you have a customer that comes in and says, I'm looking for something for pain, can you show them something at that point? When it comes to Kratom, uh, like my wife said, there are no regulations, um, I would assume technically since before the, even the age requirement, if it feels dirty, even saying it, but you know, I guess there was technically nothing stopping anyone from selling Kratom to like a five-year-old, but brands were still smart enough to at least put 21 and older on their packaging. And that was, that's a standardized rule we applied with anyway. Like anyone in our store has to be minimum 18 to come in and at least buy incense or something like that, you know, or a candle or something. Yeah. We, we just don't, we, we want to be a good, good on paper for the ATC. You know, I'm not trying to cause any troubles. I'm not trying to get any of my employees in harm's way or find out of hell. Um, 
And we also don't want to, we just don't want kids getting their hands on stuff like that. I mean, just as responsible adults. <laughs> I, I just find that we're, um, it, it's just a lot more security theater and, um, I'm happy to play with it. I've done it for 11 years. I, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll play ball, but I would at some point like to see some regulation that maybe actually did something, you know, all, instead of all this verbal nonsense. There's important things to legislate. I just um... what, what are your Kratom customers like? Um, you mentioned in the, you were talking about the difference between you had sold TNFTN for a brief period of time. And uh, people were just coming in and out, like needing it or getting pissed off if you didn't have any. Um, and then you mentioned your Kratom customers were physical laborers, veterans, nurses, versus somebody looking to get high or looking to feed um, like an addiction or a dependency. You know, not to throw Starbucks under the bus or anything, but it's honestly a lot like my interactions with a barista. Where they just come on by, you know, how's your day going? Oh, I kind of <laughs> need a bit of a boost. Don't talk to me till I've had my coffee. Yeah. Uh, but even if I didn't have it, you know, there's plenty of other, if, if I didn't have an alternative option, they're like, okay, well, I guess I'll just come back in a week or so, see if you got it back. No biggie. Drink a cup of coffee. And- yeah, go, go get an actual cup of coffee. Like, there's an, there, yeah. there, there was always a feeling of alternative or a lack of dependency on immediate uh, satisfaction, you know? It, it was just... <sighs> I mean, I've taken it for 10 years, and it's I'm not, like jonesing for it or going through withdrawals if i don't take it for a day i'm just in pain because i have chronic pain yeah if we're talking anything in the service industry onto the topic of the whole meth pipe thing the rose pipes oh god uh there it was about what two three years ago somebody came in causing problems of uh, almost threatened violence against my wife he thought i it, called him ma'am <laughs> i called him i was like hey what can i get for you man and he got mad because he thought i said ma'am yeah and then we started <laughs> popping off about immediately like where the heck are all your rose pipes blah 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 trying to get one and I try, i'm trying to be nice to him tell him hey we actually don't sell those terribly sorry uh you know we got a bunch of spoons, one hitters, water pipes, you know, all for tobacco use only, putting that hat on. Yeah. Of course, he looks at me like I'm a dumbass. And, um, you know, then he's like, you're lucky I don't, what did he say? He's like, you're lucky I don't beat your ass or something. Some, something to the effect of sounding that tough, whatever that sounds like to you. He like he was going to hit me. He was like six foot tall and a big bald dude with tattoos everywhere i'm like how could i mistake you for a man in the first place sir part that kind of sucks is like one one or two of his tattoos i actually kind of liked but i I just hated who it was on (laughs) (laughs) yeah leanne i was gonna ask you about your testimony so you said you've been taking it for 10 years and you said it's for chronic pain depression anxiety um Mm -hmm. so what what is that chronic pain um from uh, honestly, I haven't like had the uh, funds or the ability to get it checked out because, you know, MRIs and stuff like that, yeah. you know, all the tests cost money. But I for as long as I can remember, I've been in pain even as a child. And, you know, so uh, do you think it might be like uh, fibromyalgia or something like that? Uh. I don't know if it would be something like that. I've been looking into 
um, something called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome lately because mm. some of my symptoms match up with that, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm not a doctor. Uh, you said you you said you had been on prescribed stuff previously, and and mm-hmm. um, you said you you're on a whole list of them. And what was your experience like oh, yeah. with that with the prescription meds before you discovered? Um, oh my God, it was. Ugh, it was awful. They they put me on all sorts of different things because, you know, when you have depression and anxiety, they got to try different stuff for you. Um, none of them worked. All of them, honestly, like, I don't know if it made it worse because I couldn't feel anything. But it's just like I wasn't a person. I was just like floating through life like the walking dead. So when I finally discovered Kratom, the reason that I discovered it is because I had, I got addicted to opiates. Uh, so I finally wanted to take control of my life. And a lot of people told me about Kratom. I was like, all right, we'll try it out. And, you know, over time I completely got off all, all of the things that I was on. I'm super proud of myself for that. (laughs) Like, it's basically for me to self-medicate, and I know that, like, it's not going to kill my, like, organs. For how long I've taken it, I know that it's not hurting me, it's helping me. Yeah, and, and, um, what was I going to say? So, do you have, would you have any advice with somebody that's on, uh, opiates and wants to get off, um, would you tell them to try maybe suboxone first, then Kratom, or was there like a method to use, or or just over time did you do a certain amount and then switch, then change your amount or anything like that? I personally, I wouldn't go for suboxone or methadone. I've never had those things because I wasn't able to go go to rehab or get any real help but um I would definitely say try for kratom first because like the worst that can happen is that it doesn't work for you or you didn't take enough you kind of just do trial and error with it and over time you know I'm not gonna say that I completely stopped like using the things immediately I I weaned off of my other medications of course because that's what you should do but I mean, it really kind of just kills the craving for that thing. I haven't even drank alcohol in a really long time now. So like it helps it helps with any kind of like addiction, in my opinion. And I feel like myself, it makes me more of an outgoing person and someone who could talk to people. And I like that. And I remember things now. So that's great. I'm not mean anymore. <laughs> I don't know if it's your experience, but everybody says, you know, it doesn't cure my depression, doesn't cure my anxiety, but it just helps me function <laughs> with those things. Would, would you say that it you can be more outgoing because you feel a little bit better? Is that is that why? Or is it maybe even the stimulating um, effects? I I'm not sure if it's the stimulating effects for me. It very well could be because I do prefer green mangda, but um, I really think that it helps with you being in pain as well. I think it honestly does both, but it makes me less afraid of people like my social anxiety. I'm not afraid to talk to people like, you know, at the shop or whatever and just bullshit and, you know, talk. Mm. (laughs) And it helps me just honestly with everything 
that's what we hear so much. It's almost like a universal opinion, and it, and it's cool because they're actually in the sciences now. That uh, um, Kirsten Smith has been doing science on it. That just the one paper she published was multiple testimonies in their own words in the scientific paper because she's like, we these have to be listened to because these people are the experts right now before we we haven't done enough science to be as expert as the people that have been taking Kratom long term. So let's put their stories in the scientific paper. It's it's like nothing I've ever read before in in off of something off a of PubMed. Uh so I think that was really excellent and it and it's just one of those things where it's helping so many people so much and it's when you testified, what was what was the main? Because your testimony was awesome, and and like uh, oh, both you. Uh, both you guys and and also uh, Paul and I'm just like, well, oh, yeah. I don't have a podcast this week, but this testimony was so awesome. I'm just gonna make it my podcast. <laughs> what was you. the main? Yeah, that was uh, episode 108. But what was the main? I guess main point you were trying to get across to those people who don't necessarily understand that this is not like fin of butter teen or bath salts it's honestly i just am trying to i had a whole list of like statistics and stuff but of course you have to keep it short and try not to repeat uh what the experts have already said uh with their statistics and their science mm-hmm. but as far as my anecdotal evidence i really like i want people to be able to utilize this tool to help themselves because like old grannies use kratom there there's so many people who can benefit from the use of kratom so i feel like a lot of the information that people hear just random places on the internet i'm not sure it's it's just not really true <laughs> like and there's people in thailand the people in thailand have been using kratom since the 18th century so mm-hmm. <laughs> I think 17, 1650 was the earliest um, oh thing that I found. I, I, I interviewed Pascal Tanguay, who's like a French-Canadian guy living in Thailand, and he's a drug policy expert. And he found an apothecary from 1650 from Thailand that had Kratom in it. So that's oh probably the era. I, and I hadn't heard that before I interviewed him. And I was like, wait, this is like breaking news to me. But it, that's right. even, that was like way before um, the Dutch botanist Korth went there uh, and, and actually classified it in Western medicine. So they had that they probably been using it for a thousand years, but but yeah, like probably longer. Mm. <laughs> so there's like a way to use it, and obviously, if somebody's gonna come in and just do uh, liquid shots all all yes. day, every day, uh, with all of our prescription medications that we're on that might interact with it, then that's where the problems yeah. are. And with all the crap that's in it that you guys test for, you know, there's going to be those kinds of problems. And it's I think it's just okay. obvious to me that since they've been taking it without those kind of problems, they do have, they all say there's a dependency issue. It, it's kind of obvious that, you know, they don't have these crazy problems, uh, with uh, right. liver liver disorders and whatnot, that it's something happening between there and here <laughs> that's going on. Right. If, if they're marking issues and dependency, I need to see everyone who has that level of concern for it on the alcohol and tobacco board. They're, they they got to work on banning all of that if dependency is the main argument. Exactly. Well, I mean, 
people are dependent on coffee. Like there's like memes I and am. jokes. Don't talk to me till I have my coffee. Yeah. So like, I just think consistency is an important part of being a, a, a solid legislator in any seat. And, um, uh, there is such a thing as over-regulation. Yes. You can overtax your citizens. Mm-hmm. You can. It, not everybody's as patient as me. I guarantee you I'd have a lot better competition. My my quality of business would have to be a, a higher <laughs> level if the regulations were lightened up. You know what I mean? Yeah. There'd be locals all over like, oh, wow, it's that easy to open a smoke shop now? You just basically like run it like a bar? Oh, damn, game on. Yeah. They, yeah. they'd be all over the place. Which would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, but um, you know, they, they still gotta. I mean, I'm on a I'm on a, a tangent with this one, but you know, mm-hmm. LSU and Southern they got a monopolization on the marijuana market down here, the medicinal marijuana market. Even though it's a Schedule One, I just don't get how who, that who, works. Who's the Who's the monopoly down there of uh, the medicinal? LSU and Southeastern. They're they, colleges. Uh, yeah, the, co- the college campuses. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, they run the entire medical marijuana program in Louisiana. Really? And, um, <laughs> and it's That's my biggest gripe with it is that it's very overpriced and. They're it, new to this. <laughs> I just. They're, as much as I'd give anyone an excuse because I, I don't demand perfection obviously it's not fair to expect a perfect product every time but for certain cost i don't know more is expected and especially from the state that has like alcohol delivery you know you you can get daiquiris shipped to you you drive-through yeah drive-through daiquiris you can go get a home brewing kit from dick's sporting goods and start brewing beer in your garage yeah I have to say, we just visited New Orleans for the first time uh, last St. Patrick's Day, or 2021, and I must say, I really enjoyed carrying alcohol all over the street. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, this is just free, free for all debauchery. Of course, people are addicted to alcohol. I mean, I'm definitely somewhere high up on the Richter scale of that and Kratom. But nowadays that I have Kratom, I'm like, I'm going to stop for two months. And I've never done that before <laughs> ever. That like, seems, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you, Leanne, cause you said you were addicted to opiates. If, if you do like tolerance breaks with Kratom and if you have withdrawals and are they anything like, um, like a opiate withdrawal, if, if that's oh, part God. of your experience. It's definitely nothing like opiate withdrawals. It's something that I can actually like sit through if I have to. Uh, but I'd say she acts like she hasn't had her vape all day. I mean, I don't know if it's that bad. I would be really mad if I didn't have any nicotine. <laughs> but um, I think that it's it's honestly just like it's a little hard to regulate my body temperature or like you know your appetite changes it's not super difficult you might get a little restless leg here and there but it's it's nowhere near as bad as it was trying to quit opiates like you certainly ain't gonna be sucking off strangers in the alleyway oh no i mean (laughs) if if i didn't have the money for it and i couldn't get kratom i would just not do anything like sit through it for a few days and i would be completely fine you know yeah 
it's not it's Michael not gets the same michael gets some junk food oh yeah <laughs> So yes, yeah, I do. I, I suddenly get a sweet tooth when I stop drinking. <laughs> do you take like regular tolerance tolerance breaks or? Honestly, no, yeah. I don't like I don't feel a need to mm-hmm. most of the time. And also like with the pain that I'm in, I have a lot of back pain. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's difficult to get stuff done, you know, mm-hmm. But I, I do lower the amount that I take sometimes, you know, try to get it down to like five grams. And I used to take it multiple times a day, 10 grams multiple times a day. Now I only do it in the morning and then at night. So mm-hmm. I've gotten better. <laughs> That's cool. A lot of people say like less is more. And they started off taking a whole bunch and then they now they only take a little bit. But, uh, oh, I, agree. I was I the agree opposite. With the, the less is more. <laughs> I agree entirely with the less is more idea. Yeah, I have mm. an issue. I I don't like my favorite one is green mangda, and because I don't switch it up very often to any other green vein, I build a, a tolerance to it. So I started the opposite way. I started off small, and then over like mm. ten years, I started taking more. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had any kind of weird side effects or? medical issues that a doctor told you it was from kratom or do you even have you ever seen a doctor that you could tell hey i'm using kratom no yeah we had our blood work done like a month or two ago and they didn't remark anything on it i told the nurse well that i went to get my blood work done i told her that i took kratom and she had no idea what that was so i kind of tried to (laughs) explain it to her (laughs) how do you um take it in a tea or you just uh I do a to- I do the powder. I toss and wash with oh, orange okay. juice. I put the yeah. powder in my mouth and wash it back. <laughs> what do you think's uh, gonna happen in Louisiana with kratom in uh, in twenty twenty four in the next session, or with the parishes? Is there anything anybody gearing up there to, to uh, come down on you in Baton Rouge? Well, it's uh, there's one thing I can say since I've started getting more involved in local politics. I have learned that uh, anyone who has a chair in the Senate or the House, they're just like people, and they can change their mind any day. And um, I'm I'm trying to take it at this point. In a, I don't want to be the big conspiracy guy. Oh my God, who's paying you off? Blah blah blah. I I genuinely want to believe that even if they disagree with me, they're trying to do what they believe is best for the people they're trying to protect. I really want to believe that, but, um, <laughs> honestly, you know, it just kind of seems like whoever pays them the biggest wall biggest amount at this point is where things are going to go. And the fact that they're leaving it up to the parishes, that, <sighs> It's going to be spotted in Louisiana. For as far as kratom goes, I can tell you that there, there's going to be parishes you're going to want to be. You can you can buy it all over in, but there's going to be other parishes where you're just there's no way you're going to find it. You know what I mean? Well, it, like if you were a cynical, uh, sleazy businessman, you could lobby to get it outlawed in all the parishes around yours, and then they'd have to come to your store to buy it. I just. I, I need competition. I I, I really yeah. want healthy competition. It helps lift the stigma about stores like mine, you know? Yeah. It's I know it's weird to say that, but I I genuinely want healthy competition. Honest, 
healthy competition that has at least a level of concern similar to mine, if not greater, something that helps me up my game. Yeah. I mean, that's it's better for small business. I mean, I used to run a, a farm, and and we were at market, and it's like the thing that we would say is we're not competition for each other. We're competition for the grocery store. So, like, small businesses working in concert can make a powerful lobby. Uh, exactly. Uh, you know, even if you would like them to come to your store instead of their store or whatever. But it's it's kind of like, you know, rising tide lifts all boats sort of thing, especially if you're a small business. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys a lot for talking to me. And thanks for all the testifying you guys did down there. It's I'll, I'll be able to come to New Orleans and not drink because I'll be able to buy Kratom, but that that's unlikely. I'll probably <laughs> just be drinking. <laughs> <laughs> the right place for it. Thank, thank you for all yeah. the advoca- advocacy you put forward, man. Always good talking to you. And if you yeah. are in New Orleans, be sure you give us a ring. I'd be happy to see you at the shop. Hell yeah, Absolutely. hell yeah. We'll definitely come. Uh, we're definitely going back to New Orleans again uh, at some point, and uh, we'll definitely drive over to Baton Rouge and, and visit you guys. Oh, and one more thing I want to say before we go for anyone out there. Kratom saves. It'll it saved my life and it could help you too. Look into it. Thank you, Leanne Pearson and Adam Peak from Bella Sunrise Smoke Shop in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Check out their Facebook and Insta. The links are in the description. Also check us out on TikTok, KR80M Science, on Twitter at Kratom Science, and on Facebook. Call in 412-353-9770. The music is Risey, Memories of Thailand. The Kratom Science Podcast is produced by me, Brian Gallagher, for KratomScience.com. Take care.